Hi everyone. Bum, ba, da, bum, bum. Da, 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 we should do a carnival theme song. Why? Because our life's a carnival. Is it? Yeah. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It feels like it sometimes. What is, you know, we could do like a tropical house. That's like very much our style. Like EDM and chill. I don't know. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of BJJ Marriage, episode number 20. 20. Clink. Cheers, big 2-0. Clink. Mm. Yeah, so we had quite an adventurous week this week. Oh, my week. goodness. So and much stuff has gone on this week. It's been... It's pretty wild. It's Learned been a, a week lot of stuff. where it felt like a month, almost. <laughs> At least for me. Yes. It was a long, long uh, couple days here. But... What happened? Yeah. I mean, where do we start, right? <laughs> where do we start? So, first of all, we had Master Sour stay at our house this weekend, which was freaking awesome. Team Pedro Sour, represent. Yes. I don't know <laughs> how many of you listening are part of the Gracie Academies or the training that they do or know anything about the Gracies. But Master Pedro Sauer, he actually trained under Elio Gracie, which is the founder of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. They trained specifically in Brazil from the time he was, what did he say, 13? 14. Yeah, 13, 13 14. 14 years old. Yeah. And uh, Master Sauer trained directly under Master Elio and yes. along with all the Gracies. And he did some Gracie challenges, which we'll get into in a little bit. But he basically is the godfather of Jiu-Jitsu. Both of them, I would say. I would say yeah. maybe like Master Elio is the godfather and then right. Master Sauer is like the grandfather. Right. So the thing with Master Sauer is Elio only made, I believe, like 16 of his own black belts over his 80 oh, yeah. years of creating jujitsu. That's what he was saying. Right. So all of them, all of the black belts Elio made were his sons and Master Sauer. He was the only Gracie to get a black belt that was not an actual Gracie. But how many sons did he have? He didn't have sixteen. Uh, I mean, I don't know. What the? I don't heck? know about that. Who has sixteen kids? <laughs> I don't know about that that part of it. But I know that he was <laughs> Master Sauer was the only one from Elio that wasn't part of the family. I wonder what that my face grace. just looked like when you just said sixteen sons, <laughs> fifteen mean... sons, and then Master Sauer. <laughs> Do you ever think about that though when he's talking, where you're just like, how did you even get involved with them? Like. How it's all these great all these names, and then I don't know where there's Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> Pedro. But anyway, continue. <laughs> yes. So when Helio was bringing <laughs> jujitsu into America, Master Sauer was there with him, and they would have to go to gyms and show everybody that jujitsu is the winning art. martial art. The winning art, yeah. Right. The ultimate self defense. Right. And now Master Sauer has over 300 of his own black belts. Fast forward 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been in, probably in America training at least 30 years. Yep. I know that. So if you look back at our last episode, our, um, our dad, my dad, his father-in-law, he's a black belt under Master Pedro Sauer. If you look back at episode, I want to say three, Mike Coy, he's also a Pedro Sauer black belt. And yep. uh, I know we talk about Mr. Friedland a lot, Mr. John Friedland. He's mm-hmm. a master sour black belt. But then also the godfather of Milwaukee Jiu-Jitsu. His Mr. name is uh, Mr. Henry Metamortos. Metamoros. Metamoros, yeah. He uh, he actually started Jiu-Jitsu in the Milwaukee area. So we actually, we wouldn't even probably be training if Henry didn't start. Because yep. Henry started, which made my dad start under him. And then it just kind of ebbs and flows after that, where all the jujitsu schools around probably started around Henry. And yep. Henry was in our house yesterday. Yeah, he was also here yesterday. So yeah. that was fun to have uh, those characters here. We're going to go off on a whole lot of tangents today because we've had a week. <laughs> yes, it's been a crazy weekend. But hanging out with Master Sauer all weekend is uh, super insightful. Mm-hmm. I'd say the best thing about Master Sauer is how polite he is, how humble he is. And how great he is at using stories to share wisdom. Yes. He, okay, so he stayed with us last year 
in August, so August 2020, because he came for a seminar in 2020 as well. Mm-hmm. And he, we have the opportunity to actually have him stay at our house because my dad is the one that runs the school. My dad is the one that organizes the whole seminar. And we he, have an extra room and yeah, an okay have an house. Extra room we have a pretty nice house. <laughs> it's nothing like a mansion or anything, but it's definitely not like a deadbeat house. Definitely way better than sleeping in a tent all the time. Yeah. <laughs> So we have a pretty nice house. So we, my dad is giving us the opportunity, and we are very grateful to have Master Sauer stay with us rather than a hotel. Don't know if he really likes that. He might rather be in a hotel, but either way, he's super, super social, super nice to have him here. And he stayed with us last year, and I remember him going through all of his stories and telling us his entire lifestyle, and it's just very fun and entertaining but the thing that I got the most out of him being here was just how much of a gentleman he is mm-hmm. and I don't even think I'm sounding biased when I say that as a, like a female perspective to see someone the way that he is but just as a genuine person he is probably the best human that I know <laughs> I'm not even gonna Dang lie <laughs> I have more competition <laughs> <laughs> but even just yesterday we went to Starbucks and he doesn't let me walk behind him. Like, he needs to make sure that he's behind me. He always had to open the door. If I tried to open the door for him, he would, like, take it out of my hand and be like, no, you go. <laughs> and I tried to buy him coffee. He did not let me buy coffee. He actually almost fought me over that coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you should have pressed and see what happened. I was, I was trying to insert my card. And he, I, if you're watching this, you can see. If you're listening, I'm sorry. But he literally just, like, stopped. Like, I was on this side, and he just blocked the whole uh, credit card machine from me being able to insert my car. He was like, no, I got, he's like, I need this. And I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> but he really fought me on paying for the coffee. Oh man. And he just, he treats people with such respect and he really he, does. he's just one of the most down to earth people. Like if you ever had the opportunity to meet him, I would highly recommend. Yeah. If you can go to one of his seminars, definitely get out. Yes. By him. Um, Mark, <laughs> Kukro, he was doing a presentation at the affiliate seminar I went to in whatever month that was, in wherever that was. Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Not Atlanta, Atlanta. Let's talk Atlanta. <laughs> <Woodstock> Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, when I was at the Atlanta Martial Arts Center, and Mark Kukro was doing a, a business presentation, but he talked about how when you build a culture at a school, you want to make it a good culture. And he headed it off with saying, anybody that knows Master Sauer knows that he is 100% a true gentleman. Yep. <clears throat> and nobody would ever be able to say anything different. And um, the way that Master Sauer really embodies that term. Life, just life in general. Is, it's it's uh, fantastic to witness, I would say. It's inspiring. It seriously is one of the greatest treasures I think anyone could experience with a person. But he just, he, he's also such a family man. He talks so highly of his daughters all the time and his wife. And mm-hmm. as much as he loves jujitsu, he just, I, I don't have enough good, good things to say about him. He like, he, the way he talked about his daughters this weekend was just so beautiful. And he loves being around our dogs and he talks about his dogs and just mm-hmm. everything that he's been through. And everything that he's yep. experienced in his own life, just be growing up in Brazil and moving to the United States and traveling all over the world for his seminars. Yep. You can just he's, hear the gratitude. Yes. You can just feel the gratitude. And he's only 62, like 61, 61, 62. Some, somewhere in his 60s. Yeah. And he still has so much life to live and he has so much more to give to the people on this planet. Like I'm, I'm very excited that he is a part of our lives. Yes. It's super awesome. In this way, but... Yeah. yeah. So, with that being said, we felt terrible this week <laughs> before the weekend started because in Wisconsin in June, you can expect the weather to be maybe like 70s yeah. for most of June, typically. Might get like an 80 degree day, maybe. Right? But Yeah, but this week it was 90s all week. Mm-hmm. Ended mm-hmm. up being in the 90s. And I don't know if you live in Wisconsin, you know, but if you don't, Wisconsin, 80s and 90s, it's humid. It's, it's not like a dry heat like Arizona. It's uh, it's hot. Yes. <laughs> it is something to behold. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, our air conditioning in our house decided to say, 
you know what? Screw, Screw you. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make your life difficult. <laughs> and so it proceeded to fail. <laughs> okay, Mr. Storyteller. Yeah, so dun, Tuesday. Dun, dun. It was, so today is Sunday. And on Tuesday, we... Still not working, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Tuesday, I decided to stop working. And we honestly just thought, because we have a Nest, which is actually hooked up to our internet system. And right. the, we had an internet shortage in the neighborhood on Tuesday. And then the house got really hot. And I was like, oh, it's just because the internet stopped yeah, working. Yeah, I was like, maybe I thought we weren't home forever and just... Yeah, and we were gone all day on Tuesday. We were both out of the house until I came back at 4 in the afternoon, and we were both gone by, like, 5, 5.30. And we basically came home, let the dogs out, and left again. And we didn't come home until 9, And it was 80 degrees in the house. And I was like, oh, well, we're going to sleep downstairs today because it's cold. Yep. Down there. And then the next, we had the air blasting all night long to try to cool down the house. And we're like, it'll be fine by tomorrow. Like, it'll just take the night to cool down. I woke up in the morning and it was 79. And I was like, yeah. well, that went down a degree. So something's <laughs> wrong. Yeah. And I asked Nick, I was like, well, you're going to need to, uh, I'm at work today. So can you call someone to come check it out? And he's like, yep, I'll do that. I'll call someone that used to run for the business that I used to run. And yeah. All that stuff. and Yeah, so we reached out to people, and uh, we were able to find somebody that could come check it out in the same day, which is awesome, if you know anything about HVAC people. Yeah, shout out Jose. <laughs> yes, thank Blue you, member. Jose, Alex, for helping us out. Yeah, definitely. Yes, um, but it ended up taking first a couple days to troubleshoot it and to try to get it to work, and then that also didn't work. And then things were freezing. We were trying to wait a couple hours to let it unthaw, and then we were trying to figure out leaks, and then we we're trying to figure out piping, and then we we're figuring out leaks more. Yes. And it's uh... and uh, it's still not working. So now we're at the point. I mean, we bought our house, and the units were probably about fifteen to seventeen years old at that point. So we knew it was gonna run out eventually. I just it sucked that it was this week with Master's yes, Hour coming. It sucked <laughs> that the weekend one of the people that we hold, you know, to the highest uh, standard, right. <clears throat> Or one of the people that we really like to have in our lives, we should say. Because um, it's not good to put people up on a pedestal. Yeah. You inherently put yourself down on a pedestal when you put other people on a pedestal, yeah. by the way. But that's another story. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, we wanted to host and have a nice house. And we were having a barbecue on Saturday night. With that a we bunch wanted, of black belts. And yeah, that we wanted members. to have a comfy home in <clears> case <throat> it was raining or anything, which thankfully it didn't. We were able to sit outside, which was fantastic. But uh, yeah, we felt pretty bad that the house was all warm. So yeah. we found some quick fixes to <laughs> to keep uh, some rooms cold in the house. Some band-aids <laughs> for a wound that needed stitches. That's how I described yeah. it. And now we don't need to get surgery <laughs> on our house and get a whole new unit. Yeah soon so we're, we got to figure that out but we were able to get a window unit for the room that he was staying in so he could at least be comfortable and mm-hmm. then we weren't really home that much like we were in and out of fluid we we're going out to eat we had the barbecue like he said if we didn't have night. dogs we probably would have slept at fluid every night yeah i'm, I'm telling you that's what i would have done probably <laughs> but, but we have our lovely dogs that we love so much. But he didn't even care. He was just like, oh, things happen. Like, it's fine. Like, just very down to earth. Yeah. But, yeah, man, it's been... So we had that, and we were up all night on Thursday night. We didn't go to bed till like, 2 in the morning because we were trying to figure out where to put fans and where to put air conditioners and if we could even fix it by the time Master Sour got in at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. And we had the HVAC guy in and out of the house all day on Friday trying to troubleshoot yeah. things and... It was a mess, man. <laughs> it was difficult. It was a stressful period of time. I would say so. Yeah, but a lot of that stuff was out of our control, right? Mm-hmm. And we were doing the best we could. So it's not like things happened and we were just like, meh. <laughs> right. You know? So, you know, it's okay. But we had still a good week with jujitsu wise I would say. We got some good training in on Tuesday, learning some front headlocks. I really had a good time with those front headlocks. Yeah, Those uh, takedowns. Yeah, they were good stuff. Shout out Adam. But yes. So Tuesday we got to train, and then our air conditioning went kaputs, and yes. everything kind of went downhill from there. But when Master's Hour was here, it was really good. And 
Let's see. What did we do Friday night? We went out to dinner with him. Santino's? Yep. We went to Santino's. Shout out Santino who trains that fluid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Apparently everything in our life is connected to the gym at this point. Yeah. That's kind of why we started this podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. But yeah, we went to this place in Milwaukee called Santino's. It's an authentic Italian restaurant. Sicilian. It's so freaking good. It was we delicious. We had never been there before. Oh, that was a weird noise. Yeah. But uh, we had <laughs> never been there before. Truck. But if you have not been there, I highly recommend going. And it's a family-owned business, so you're supporting local. And it's just it's phenomenal. It was some of the best food I've ever had. And I just had it's pizza. Great. <laughs> yeah, I had this huge plate of carbonara. It was fantastic. Which we have Master Sour's leftover pizza. We get yeah. to eat that now. Yep. You know what kind you got? No. All right. Good cool. pizza, probably. Anyway. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so we did that Friday night. Got to hang out with him. We invited one of our black belts from Fluid, Jason Lippert, out to dinner with us because he was not able to attend the barbecue last night. And then yesterday we had the seminar. Oh, yes. And that was amazing. There is some stuff I learned in there that I will use for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so hard to explain to someone who's never been to a seminar, at least a Master Sour seminar. If you've not been... You do not understand until you go how great it is and how simple he can make the, like, if you're struggling with something and you can ask him how to make it better, and let's say in your head it's like 10 steps or, oh, that's too complicated, I'm never going to understand that, I'm just going to forget about it, he can tell you in, like, two steps, mm, yeah. you got it, it's done. And you're like, what? <laughs> and, and it's a great format that he does. So typically if you go to a seminar at jujitsu, there is a guy that's known for a specific technique. Or they're an expert in a specific move or they've done it a lot in competition or whatever. So they go around and they're like, oh, I'm going to teach this. I'm really good at heel hooks, so I'm going to teach this. I'm really good at guillotines and darces, so I'm going to teach this. I'm really good at side control, so I'm going to teach this at my seminar. So come and learn it. And people are like, okay, so they know what to expect, right? But what's really cool about Master Sauer is you go to one of his seminars and it's an open forum type seminar where we all circle up. And then he says, so, do you guys have any questions? Run into any problems? What are we? Uh, what do we want to work on? And then I raise my hand and I'm like, well, um, what's the best way you know how to get out of north-south? Because I've been getting stuck there a lot. And then he looks at you in the eyes and said, come on, buddy. <laughs> and then you have to go in the middle and then show them how you got into that terrible spot. <laughs> and then he's like, why you let them get there? <laughs> uh, but, um, but then... He just shows you on whatever specific move you want to get. And remember, he's got 40 years of jiu-jitsu straight from Helio up until now of experience that mm-hmm. he's sharing with you and the whole seminar in that moment. Yeah, he's an eighth degree coral belt for those who don't know. Yes. He just showed us his certificate from October 2018 that he got his eighth degree on his coral belt. And it takes seven years to get a stripe on your coral belt. I believe so, yeah. So he's at year three right now. He's got four more years before he gets his ninth degree. And then at tenth degree, then he gets his red. Something like that. That's insane. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. Only ten more years, right? Yep. (laughs) Good luck. Dang. But anyway, so yeah, we had the seminar. We learned some really great stuff. Like, just high picture of it, we got... Uh, an arm bar from guard, how to make that better. Oh, we yeah. got frames from bottom side control, made that better. We got escape from north south to make that better. And we got a, mount escape. Yeah, a really cool mount escape to get better at. And there was just, and a really cool guard pass. He yep. did a couple guard passes. I love that guard pass. It was so funny because the seminar was split up into two. So it was from 11 to 1, and then we had a two hour break for lunch, and then it was from 3 to 5. And so we had just gotten back from lunch. We were starting our 3 o'clock session. And he starts, like, anyone getting stuck anywhere? And some guy raises his hand and he goes, uh, a body triangle? And Master Sauer's like, buddy, buddy, can, like, we, we let our we food digest. We all just had lunch. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's let our food digest before we start squeezing our guts out. <laughs> and I felt bad because we never actually went back to that. So that guy yeah. never got to actually get an answer. Yeah. But... That guy was there last year, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his name was Dave. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's also come with some neutral ground people to an open map before. Okay, yeah. Because I remember he was there with Lily. Oh, cool. But, yeah, I felt bad he didn't get his question asked, but he probably should have waited a little bit before he asked about a body triangle after lunch. 
Just yeah, it's probably it. one of those things you don't think about. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> it's hard enough to raise a hand in front of the whole, like, 65 people there. Yeah. With, like, 15 black belts that were there looking at you like, oh, what's your dumbass question mm-hmm. going to be? <laughs> and they say there's no dumb questions, which there really isn't because we can all learn something from every move. If you put 10 people in a room and say, how do you hold side control? You're going to learn 10 different techniques that work. Yep. <laughs> Some of them are better than others, obviously, but right. you can always learn something from everyone. That's what we love about beginner class. Oh, absolutely. Like, beginner class, it just explains the basics, the fundamentals, the seven basic positions that you'll get into jujitsu. And I feel like every time I go to that 12-week curriculum, there's at least one thing I learn new every single class where I'm just like, oh, if I did just move my knee right there instead of right there, that would make it better. Like, it's just tiny little things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's how all seminars are for black belts. It's like, oh, I've seen all of that. Wow, that I've never seen it that way before. Yes. And then you try it, and then it works, and then you're like, fuck yeah, that $100 was worth it. Right. <laughs> yeah, and we also got to see, I think, like six or seven different black belts get a stripe mm-hmm. on their belt, which only Master Sauer can do that unless you have three stripes on your black belt, then you can start giving out belts and stripes to other people. Right, so that means you have to be a black belt for like 10 years first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so John Friedland can do it in the Milwaukee area. And I think Wanderlei can do it. Um, but yeah, that's about it. My dad's only two stripes, so he has another three years before he can Metamoros. start. But he's in Denver. Yeah. Was, yeah. So anyway, uh, so I gave out some first degree black belts to a couple people, which yes. was really cool. Really cool to see two females, which was awesome. Yeah. I don't think I've actually ever met a black belt female until yesterday. So that was cool. Very exciting. Yeah, and they were both at our house. Look, it's possible. Yeah, it is. It's, <laughs> it was very cool. Yes. Um, I've I've definitely seen pictures and I've seen videos of black belt females, but I don't think I've ever been in the vicinity of one. So that mm-hmm. was a unique experience. Yeah. And to see them both get their first stripe was awesome. And then they both joined the barbecue last night, which was cool. But uh, yeah, so the seminar was awesome. Yeah. Speaking on the women thing, I can't wait until you and Ellie start having your own women's only class at some point in the future for some random plans. Ellie. <laughs> but I, uh, I think that's going to be hugely beneficial Yeah. for the gym. Mm-hmm. And it will attract a lot of females. Yes. And also, if you're listening to this, I believe starting in July, Bluewood will be doing a women's only, or not women's only, but a women's self-defense it's almost like a seminar, but it's going to be every single Saturday, I think, at 9 a.m. And we have a blue belt from, she came from the Gracie Academy, Milwaukee, Milwaukee Gracie yeah. Academy. And she's now training at Fluid. She's a blue belt. She's going to be teaching it. She's very good at explaining little details. And it'll be it'll be a good class. So whoever's interested in women's self-defense, I believe you can sign up to just do that. You yeah, don't have to, you can get your own membership just for that at a discounted rate. Yep. Versus the whole membership. But if you have the whole membership at Fluid and you just come train jujitsu anyways, yeah. that is also included. Yes. And I guarantee you it'll improve your life. That'll be super cool. Sponsored so, by Fluid Jiu-Jitsu. All right, right moving on. <laughs> so going off of the women thing too. Uh, so I said, I mentioned yesterday that Master Sauer and I stopped at Starbucks and we were checking out. He was fighting me on the credit card machine. <laughs> and then the barista had just asked us while she was waiting for the payment to go through. She was like, oh, you guys have any fun plans today? And I looked at Master Sauer because, like, I mean, to jujitsu people, he's a freaking god. But to a random person, he's just a normal person, like, just a normal everyday guy who just walks around and goes to Starbucks and orders an egg white. But uh, I just looked at him, and I was like, oh, well, he's teaching a seminar today. And she was like, oh, that's cool. And then she looks at his shirt, and she's like, for jujitsu? And he was just like, yeah, yeah, jujitsu. And he's, like, all excited. And she's just like, oh, that's really cool. And he starts telling her, he's like, you should do it. And (laughs) she was so uncomfortable. I felt bad. But she was just like, oh, no, I I can't. I can't do that. And, Mm -hmm. like, he was just like, oh, no, you'd love it. It's so good, especially for females. Like, it's great for you. And Mm -hmm. she was just like, I wouldn't be any good at it. And he's like, yes, yes, you would. You would learn. Like, you would be fine. And then as he's, like, talking her into it, I pull out a business card and I give it to her. And I was just like, if you're ever interested, come on in. It's across the street. She's looking at it. And she's just like, oh, thanks. Like, I appreciate it. 
And then we walked away, and he, so then him and I started talking about it while we were eating for our coffee. And he was just like, yeah, she was, uh, she was very insecure. And I feel like those are the best types of people that you need to get into jujitsu because that then the, you will just see their confidence level build and it will just get so much better as they join jujitsu. And I was like, oh yeah, definitely. Like I didn't think I was going to ever like it or be good at it. And now I'm addicted and I can't stop. Mm-hmm. And he was, but he was using her as an example where if you're insecure, come to jujitsu. Cause if you want to learn how to get out of your comfort zone and how mm-hmm. to just feel better all the time, yeah. Jiu-jitsu. <laughs> yeah, that bubble that we like to keep ourselves in of the comfort zone, yes. it melts away when you learn jiu-jitsu. Yep. You become more confident. You learn, you become empowered, mm-hmm. really. And you're not afraid of anything anymore the way you used to be. Yep. And then we're still waiting for our coffee, and he starts talking to me about self-defense and how when people grab you, and he grabbed me, he grabbed my wrist, and my mind blanked. And I was like, like oh, I, my God. I don't God. know. <laughs> I was like, Master Sauer is grabbing me. I cannot mess this up. Like, I have to know how to get out of this while oh, he's my grabbing God. me. It was it's like, so funny. It was just a blanked moment for me. But then... Uh, I love that because I do that to you around the house. Mm-hmm. And you still are like, ah! Yeah. You're still at that point. <laughs> Luckily, it was one that I actually knew where he grabbed my wrist with the one hand so I would turn so I could get my wrist into the the thumb the and the gap. finger gap. Yep, where you turn and then pull out. So I was able to do that. And then he was trying to explain it to me simply. And he's like, just grab my wrist. So I grabbed his wrist in the middle of Starbucks. And <laughs> he was just like explaining how... Yeah, but if you just like talk to those insecure people and you just tell them that if someone grabs you and you just twist and you are now you're free, now you just run away. And it was just so simple. And he was just like, eh, done. And then it's like, this is mine. This is my wrist. Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, yep, that's it. And I was like, I just did a self-defense with Master Sour. And I totally had like a fangirl moment for a second where I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> But, oh, that's so funny. And I didn't feel that way this year about him. I remember last year when he came, I was definitely fangirling a lot. Yeah. But this year, I was more like, I gave him a hug the second I saw him. and Or I should say, he gave me a hug as he walked in my house. And we're yeah. very cordial, friendly with each other now. But last year, I was like, oh, my God, it's Master Sour. Yeah. It's because <laughs> he's up on the wall next to Elio mm-hmm. in the middle of the flags, you know? Yep. So then today, this morning... We're sitting around drinking our coffee, and he's telling us stories, and he starts showing us pictures of him with Max Holloway from the UFC. He shows us a picture of him, or, okay, so the president of Brazil, Bolonzaro, Mm -hmm. I think is his name? I'm not sure. I think it's Bolonzaro. But he showed us a video of the president of Brazil shouting out a video to Master Sauer, asking for him to help the community and teaching jujitsu and making Brazil a safer place. And he like actually made a video to master sour. The president of Brazil right. did this. Yeah. And the president of Brazil has seen how master sour has come to America with a bunch of Brazilian culture, mm-hmm. Brazilian martial arts mm-hmm. and spread it through America like wildfire. And his goal is to have master sour help him unite America and Brazil. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. So he's a pretty big deal. The I president? would say. <laughs> yeah and he had, he was in ufc one on the corner yeah i think he had like the first three with hoist he cornered hoist mm-hmm. the whole time that he was fighting in the ufc yep so he's a he was there in all the events yeah he all the gracie challenges would come to him in utah at salt lake city and he would just have to fight them <laughs> and they would call helio and they'd be like oh gracie challenge the gracie challenge was if you could beat a gracie black belt you would get what ten thousand dollars yeah ten or twenty thousand dollars yep so someone would walk in the gym and be like i'm here to fight <laughs> and then they call helio be like hey uh this guy he wants to fight for the gracie challenge and then helio would be like all right you got Let's it go. i'm coming over <laughs> <laughs> and then hey, helio wouldn't come there he would just tell him to fight him yeah he and was also telling him to fight them yep he was telling everyone at the seminar yesterday that was it Elio on the streets? Yes. Yeah, Elio on the streets would see, like, these big, tough, like, bulky men just walking down. He's like, the hey. Construction workers, yeah. people building up, or strong daily laborers. Yep. Master Elio would be like, in hey. In Brazil. You want to you wanna make 20 bucks? 
And, like, back then, they were only making, like, $5 a day. So $20 was a really big deal. It's, like, if you make $100 today, this is, like, someone offering you, like, three or $400. And you're, like, well, yeah, I want to make $400. And Master Alia was, like, okay, I want you to hold him in a headlock. And who was he pointing at? A Gracie, right? Uh, Pedro. Oh, was it Pedro? <laughs> okay. But, yeah. yeah, he'd be, like, I want you to hold him in a, in a headlock. And Master Sauer is a smaller man. He's only 160 pounds right now, and he mm-hmm. was smaller growing up. So... He, uh, Master Elio was just like, okay, hold him in a headlock and I, I'll give you $20. It's right here. If you can't get up. <laughs> yep. And the guy was like, okay, I can do that. Like, look at how scrawny he is and look at how big I am. I can do it. And they didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he would tell, uh, Pedro or whoever he was having them go against, like, if you, if you lose, you owe me 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. But that's the, that's the cool part about jujitsu and my dad emphasizes it all the time about how you have to learn technique over strength, but then Master Sauer also emphasized for probably a good five minutes at the seminar yesterday about how as you get older, your body does start decaying, and you are not going to be able to outmuscle these 20-year-olds when you're 80. You could be a red belt when you're 80, and if there's a blue belt who's 22 years old, they're probably going to beat you because they have the strength over you. Right. So you have to learn the technique and how Proper to technique. finesse your body more so so that you can, instead of bench pressing them, you're moving yourself. You're and, using the jack. Yes, using the jack, <laughs> which we've talked about plenty of times. Yeah. But, yeah, overall, the seminar was just fantastic. It was a great day. And then to top it all off, we had a barbecue last night with Master Sauer and invited a couple black belts over. So Henry mm-hmm. was here. The two females were here. My dad us a couple just a couple fluid members nothing crazy and it was it was a very fun night very relaxing mm-hmm. cooked some steaks some burgers some hot dogs yep, and had a fire. yeah it was a very fun night very memorable we didn't take very many pictures we we're also trying to keep it kind of on the down low of who was there because we didn't really want to make it a big them. thing and yeah yeah but yeah but it was it was, it was fun and we were busy so we didn't get to take a lot of pictures yeah we we're hosting which we like to do. Yes. So if you want to throw a party somewhere, come here. We'll maybe our air will work. <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe wait like four to six weeks and right. then you can come over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But then today, I mean, it's just been pretty chill. It's Sunday right now. And like I said, we had some coffee with Master Sauer this morning before he was heading out. He's actually teaching some privates right now to Mike Coy and Dave Johns. So they're going to learn some uh, I think it's stuff. Devin. Well, that wrestler, Devin? Yeah, it's Devin and Dave right now, and then Mike Coy's after. Oh. I thought Mike was doing a private. He was supposed to do it with Ted. Oh, dang. That sucks. Yeah. Remember Mike had to leave to go to work? Yeah. Yeah. Poor Ted. Sad. Sorry about your knee, Ted. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. I saw you on the sidelines, Ted, if you're listening, uh, taking notes. and He does listen. Yeah, I know. We and, love you, Ted. Uh, I felt super bad for you, so when your knee's better, we'll drill it. Yeah. For sure. You just let me know. We'll make it happen. Yeah, I saw you. Uh, you were looking at me, who was probably not the best person to look at when I'm trying to learn new stuff. And then, I was, so when we had to line up at the seminar, there's 60 people. And I'm still a white belt, so I'm like all the way at the end with all the other white belts. But I'm the higher white belt. So like when we are drilling, I still have all these newbie white belts who are now looking at me. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Don't ask me. <laughs> I have no yep. idea. I was seeing that whenever Mike and I were, were going over details or whatever, all of a sudden there's like six people surrounding us like, mm-hmm. huh? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? And I was yeah. like, oh. There were some things, man, that I was like, I don't get it. What do you mean? <laughs> How are you yeah. supposed to lock the shoulder like that? I don't get it. Yeah. Like, no, use your hip. No, not like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> so it was definitely a trial and error for me where I would try it a couple times. And then when I finally got it, I was like, oh, I get it. And then... Like a two-stripe white belt, be like, Brittany, can you help me? And I'm like, yes, now I know what I'm doing. So, yes, I can help you. But it did take me like four times. Yeah. So, so. That, that's very comparable to the analogy of speaking the language of jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Right? So, there's some people that can see a technique, not even hear it explained, and they're just like, I immediately can read that technique and understand what's happening. Yep. Right? But as a white belt, you recognize like five of the letters in that technique, and you're like, okay, they're standing, and... uh they're in their card. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what else is happening there. <laughs> yeah. Right? But like some of the more experienced are like, oh, okay, that knee is right in the hip. They're pinching them there. They're holding them up here. 
they got good posture here. They've broken down their defensive mechanics by right. this and that. And the, and all of that stuff, most of it, I should say, is subconscious, right? Yep. If you're looking at scrolling through your phone on social media and you're reading stuff, you're not consciously reading what you're seeing. Yep. But you're subconsciously understanding what you're looking at. Right. And that's that's when you practice jujitsu enough, you'll start to see jujitsu like that. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm looking around the mat and if I'm teaching class or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's mat it's basically like the mat is a Facebook feed and I'm scrolling it with my eyes and I look for the problem post and I go help them. Okay. Because they're I, I immediately recognize, oh, they're not doing that right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, That's I never thought of it that way. We've been mentioning some big names today. Starbucks, Facebook. Hopefully we don't get flagged. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, that's a good analogy. Yeah, understanding like the language. Even, uh, yeah, yesterday. So I was working with Cindy, who's pretty close to my rank, and so we were troubleshooting everything together. It was an entertaining experience where we'd be like, wait, okay, let's, we're going to go, like, really slow and step-by-step step with that. But there was one part where we both – Probably figured it out to the point where we could do it, and it definitely could have been better if we had, like, a black belt helping us and watching us, but we were able to manage through it, and then there was one point where we thought we had it pretty well, and then the people behind us asked us, okay, can you show me how you're doing that? And then I did it, and as we were doing it, Cindy's like, wait, I think it's the other grip. And we were doing it one grip the whole time, and then as we showed them, I was like, you're right, it is the other grip, because then your arm doesn't get trapped. Okay, got it. So, like, even, and as I said that out loud, I looked at them, and I was just like, sorry, we're still learning, too. Like, it's not <laughs> like it's not like you get to four stripes and you just know things. Like, <laughs> you're still learning things all the time. Yeah, forever. You'll be yeah. forever learning things. But I remember even when I was brand new, I would look at the three and four stripe white belts and be like, oh, they know. Like, let me go ask them. And yeah. sure, maybe maybe we got it a little quicker, but that doesn't yeah. mean we know it. Yeah, but also talking about belts, it was really cool. Master Sauer has a gym in Virginia that has over 400 students. And he had this student that came in that didn't know much jujitsu at all, but he had wrestled for over a decade. And he was fantastic at takedowns, right? So Master White Sauer, belt. being a you know 7th, 8th degree core belt, looks at this guy and he's like oh my god your takedowns are amazing i need you to teach a class and the guy's like i'm i'm a white belt yeah that's so i was like I maybe care. maybe in jujitsu but look at how great your takedowns are you're gonna have a takedown class mm-hmm. and so master sour had a white belt teaching at his gym of over 400 members yep he just recently got his blue belt i believe i don't remember Last his name week, unfortunately yeah mm-hmm. but that's a another um, analogy for you can really learn anything from anyone. Yeah. You which, actually, you just sent out a daily message yesterday saying that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why. And that's one of the reasons, you know, I drive for Uber. I make a lot of um, coaching relationships. Networking. Yeah. And, and I try to always be networking, like she said. But one of the main things I tell people if we get into any sort of deep conversation is I always ask them, what they know, what they're an expert in, and I listen to them talk about their stories or I'll ask them, like, what's the craziest thing that happened to you there or whatever? And my goal, or especially when people are from other countries, I always ask them, what's your favorite thing about your old country? What's the biggest change when you came to our country? But my number one goal in any conversation, especially with someone I don't know, but it's to learn from them. And I believe... In jiu-jitsu particularly, but also anywhere in life in jiu-jitsu, it's easier because we're both already speaking the same language about the same topic. But you can really learn anything from anyone, Mm -hmm. which I think is super powerful. And if you do that every day for the rest of your life, you will never stop learning and your life will be richer because of it. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, think about your life and what you like to do. And think about the people in your life. Do they like to do the same things? If they do, do they do the the exact same way that you do? So something that I am really good at that I don't think a whole lot of people do it the same way I do is I'm very organized. I have a lot of lists. You? (laughs) 
I have a lot of I lists. Know. I organize everything that I do basically from like start to finish. We Maybe don't have a schedule or an itinerary ever. That's probably why when things go wrong, I get so stressed out because I have high expectations for them to turn out the way that I want them to be, which I'm working on. My life coach husband is working on it with me to try to get me to stop expecting things to go a certain way. But I'm very organized and I like things to go a specific way. And whether that is with your day-to-day operations of how you run your life, if that's with your finances, or if that's just what you're planning on doing for the day. Like you're like, I want to go here, here, and here, and I want to be done by four o'clock so I can get to here at five or something like that. So I'm very, very good at organizing that. And that's not a skill that a lot of people have. And so a lot of people actually come to me asking for advice or asking for ways to improve that part of their life. Mm -hmm. I've helped multiple people with their finances and how to get their finances in order. And I've helped lots of people. I mean, I help my dad every single day with fluid and how to organize things with that way. Mm -hmm. So, and that's just an an example. But she hasn't helped me organize my laundry yet. (laughs) What are you talking about? Yes, I have. Yeah, but not me specifically. I'm terrible at it. Well, I've tried. You're unteachable <laughs> at that point. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I'm that, just that's kidding. just a small example. Like, that's not anything that I had to be a 100% expert on for someone to come ask me for help. Just like people are asking Nick for help with just life advice. Yep, life advice or even jujitsu. Like, I'm not the best person that's ever lived life. <laughs> and I'm definitely not the best jiu-jitsu person ever mm-hmm. but if as long as you're one step ahead of somebody i was just about to say that in any topic or area of life you can help them take that next step yep i'm not gonna shout out her name but you know who you are okay person person who's listening i know you're listening girl <laughs> <laughs> but as long as you're one step better than the people you're teaching they will learn something from you Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Cheers to that. Mm-hmm. Cheers to the continual growth of knowledge. Yes. But it is, it's a really powerful tool if you think about it. If you know something that someone else doesn't and they are interested in learning what you do, it doesn't matter if it's perfect or not. Just right. show them. Show them your way. And maybe they'll do it that way. Maybe they'll do it a different way. But right. you are expanding their knowledge and you're also teaching yourself how to expand your knowledge as well. And you might learn something from it. Like teaching privates for him and teaching kids for me has just blown up jujitsu in my mind. Like there are so many things that I just look at the kids and I'm like, okay, we got to work on this, 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 and this. Okay, how do we break that down to one thing for that day? And Thaddeus is doing the same thing where he's just watching and he's like, we have so much work to do. (laughs) And I know Master Sauer thinks the exact same way because in his seminars – He'll start talking about one thing, and by the end of his 10-minute trial, he's going on something completely different because his mind just went, like, but if we're going to do this, then this can happen. But if you're going to do this, then this can happen. Like, I'm going to show you a guard pass. Now we're totally in, like, I don't even know. <laughs> he went from guard pass to, like, triangle base. to base to, like, all this stuff. And yeah. I, think, I don't even think that was the question. He just went on and on and on because that's how jujitsu is, is there's just so much that there it's, it is. it's almost like hard to pick one thing and stick with it without going off at a bunch of tangents, which is kind of how these podcasts go. Yeah. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu is super fun that way. And that's what makes it endless. And that's what makes it playful, too, mm-hmm. is you can explore all those different branches mm-hmm. of the tree, which is super fun. Yes. And I love it. And I would love to do it with all of you. <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty cool for all of you. Uh, our podcast has gotten over 2,000 views on YouTube. Yeah. Which is so super cool. It's got over 400 downloads for podcasts. Cool. Which is super cool. So I think we have like 75 subscribers on YouTube, which Our, I know is not huge, but it's it's big for two people from Wisconsin who don't have a name to them. So I have my name's Nick. <laughs> Your name's Brittany. What are you talking about? <laughs> so if you're listening, I hope you do enjoy these, and I hope that you can interact with us and comment and let us know what you want to hear. Like we're just we just talk. Yeah, and if you don't. Um, feel comfortable, you know, put something in a public comment. Just send us a message. Yeah, someone from New Zealand did that. So shout out. We yes. really appreciated that. We actually talk about that all the time now. Yeah, it's super fun. And we can't <laughs> wait to come back to your country, just yeah. so you know. Yep. I think we we planned originally when we went for our anniversary. We're like, we should do this like every 10 years. I think every 10th anniversary we should go back to New Zealand. Maybe every third. 
it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it know. is so expensive. Like our my aunt, she actually said to us after we came back from our honeymoon, she was like, "Oh my gosh, you guys should do that like every year for your anniversary." I'm like, "I don't have ten grand to spend every single year on vacation." Yeah. You know, what I'll do, okay, <clears throat> is I'll become a very good competitor, mm-hmm. and I'll get sponsored mm-hmm. from the whole planet. Okay. And then we can just travel the good planet plan. while we compete. I like it. It'll be fantastic. Got it? And we'll just record podcasts yep. and compete and teach private lessons. And then I'll remotely life coach people. And then it'll be great. That, that'll be our life. You know what I really wanted today's episode to be, actually? But we decided last night it just wasn't going to work. It was going to be too much editing, too much background noise. So sorry. But we had all these black belts at our house and brown belts and things. And I really wanted to just go around and make a video montage of everyone saying what their name is, what their rank is, and what their favorite part about jujitsu is. And I thought it was going to be super cool, and then I could have gotten Master Sour on here. But, I mean, I didn't think of it until, yeah. like, 9 o'clock last night. And yeah, and it was already dark, and it was super loud out. Yeah. That would have been okay for just, like, a YouTube video. That's why I wanted to Yeah. like, it's going to be so much editing. It would have been a lot of editing. But we didn't have to do it, like, today. Yeah. We didn't have to upload it today. Oh, yeah. well, next year. Yeah, next time. <laughs> next time we have 10 black belts at our house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? If you're uh, listening or watching... Put in the comments, what's the most black belts you've ever seen in the room at one time? Oh, yeah. That'd be a cool comment. We had 15 yesterday. 15 yesterday. And the most I've seen was over 30 when I went to the affiliate training in Atlanta. That's insane. Yeah. Over 30 black belts in the same room. Until yesterday, I think the most I'd ever seen is four. Yeah. My dad, Lippert, Koi, and Rob. Rob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think Friedland was there last year, so maybe like six last year or something like that. Yeah. Last year's seminar. Oh, last yeah. year's seminar was also, you know, in the middle of pandemic. Yeah. We also, I think we had like seven or eight black belts last year. So right. maybe that was the most. But Yeah, that was the most I had seen until I went to Atlanta. Literally, can you imagine just like 30 black belts just standing there? <laughs> <laughs> group of killers right there. Exactly. And then I was just like, yeah. Look at all this talent. Look at all of the things I could possibly learn from all these people. Yep. And we talked about that in, when we had the podcast about the Atlanta seminar. Yeah. I, I, went, I dove into that pretty deep. But, right. But, and then, so you take a look at that. That's just a snapshot. If you go to a seminar in your hometown when you got a big name coming in, that's a snapshot. But you got to imagine all this talent in the world that could possibly be shared. Right. I was thinking about that yesterday when everyone was here. Because I really wanted to take a picture of all of us just in, like, our normal street clothes. And it would be a group photo. And then I could caption it just saying, like, you would never know by looking at them. But these people are just straight-up killers. Like, we could, all of us could just demolish someone. But, again, Hope I nobody was comes trying to, try to storm this barbecue. Right. <laughs> I was just trying to keep that barbecue very, very low. Because I did not want anyone crashing it. Because it's almost like having, like, a celebrity in your house. And if someone finds out a celebrity's in your house, you just don't want paparazzi to show up like that's how i assumed it was going to be is that if we told everyone at fluid oh we're having a barbecue with master sour i didn't want people just showing up so yeah, we're trying to be keep like it can there. i come and it would be like no you're no, not on the list you're not a black fellow. <laughs> so we're just trying to keep it very very quiet but now that it's over i can start talking about it because <laughs> then they can't crush it but no it was i just was thinking about that looking around yesterday i was like this is pretty cool like, having all of these people here. Because jujitsu is not really an art that you can get your black belt in two years of learning. Like, it takes, on average, eight to ten years for a person to get their black belt. And that's if they're consistent. So, it's a lot of dedication. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of uh, physical mentality and physical and emotional mentality that you would need to continue on. I don't know. It's just, I respect it. Anyone who can get their black belt is just, they are a wonderful person. (laughs) They put in a lot of dedication for that. Yeah. I was just thinking that a a butterfly could maybe be an analogy for the belts. It just came to my mind. Like a a white belt's a larva that just came out of the egg. And they're just crawling around a little. And then they become a caterpillar. Right? then they get their blue belt (laughs) and then from like purple and brown they go into their cocoon and they're just pressured and becoming pretty and then they pop out as a butterfly borboleta yeah (laughs) 
And they're all pretty black belt now. <laughs> There's so many analogies you could use for jujitsu because life is a learning experience. Everything you do in life is learning. Like you don't just come out of the womb knowing how to do things. Like you have to start somewhere. I did. And then get better. I came out of the womb and learned. I was breathing right away. Okay. Mm. Besides breathing. So maybe breathing is yell. not a good analogy. I learned how to yell really quickly when I was hungry. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Nobody taught me that. Oh, my goodness. I figured that shit out myself. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Master Sauer at the seminar yesterday also did an analogy about soup. He said when you're a white belt, you have a really big, hot bowl of soup. And white belts just take a spoon and go right in the middle. and Burn just, themselves. Yep, and just keep going like, oh, this is hot. Ooh, this is really hot. <laughs> Whereas blue belts, they... They may take it from a different area where maybe it didn't heat up as hot, but they're still eating it. And then, like, purple belts will blow on it. And then, I don't know, by black belts, you're putting ice in your soup to cool it down before you eat it or something. I don't know. He didn't really go all into it, but basically he said, <laughs> white belts are eating the hot soup. And you got to learn how to not eat the hot soup. Yeah. That's how he put it. And I yeah. thought that was cool. And I was like, dang, there's so many analogies in this world that you yeah, could really use are. for jujitsu. Yeah. And I can't really think of a lot of other things in the world that you can make as many analogies for. Yeah, that's a super good topic because Thaddeus, which I think we should get Thaddeus on. We talked about having Thaddeus on the podcast anyways because mm-hmm. he has his own podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what it's called. Sorry, Thaddeus. But he was telling me yesterday that um, philosophy and jujitsu have so many parallels in them mm-hmm. that it's really astounding. And the more you understand philosophy, the more you see how it teaches people that philosophy by doing jujitsu. A lot of people just learn jujitsu, and then a byproduct of that is them living a better life because it's so philosophical. Yeah. But Thaddeus and I do study Stoicism and philosophy, and um, we see the parallels all the time. And that's why jujitsu and life have so many analogies together, because it's so... I don't even know how to describe it, but it's so, it's just so awesome. Yeah. It's <laughs> the best it really way I can is. say it right now. And Thaddeus yeah. is another one of those people that just has so much expert knowledge and things that we have no, no idea about. Theology? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the type of person Philosophy? that if you want to learn something, that's the type of person you should be reaching out to. And something else I meant to mention earlier was when you were talking about contact and network with people who are experienced in things that you're not. I did that this week, actually. There was someone that I saw an article about who was really passionate about something that I'm really passionate about. And so I actually sent him an email and I was like, hey, can we schedule a call or an email or something Mm -hmm. to talk about how you got to where you are? Because I would just love some advice to get there. Mm -hmm. And that was me stepping out of my comfort zone. But I think if you are really passionate about something, and a lot of people are passionate about jujitsu, but if there's something else that just lights your passion and you mm-hmm. don't know where to start, find someone who does. Yes, there's always somebody who's, you know, expanded yeah. in that area more than you have. And that's how he got started in his life coaching. Is he was always it was always on the back of his mind that he wanted to do some coaching for people and some life, mm-hmm. but he just didn't know if like going back to school to be a therapist was his thing. So he reached out to Josh Janice, who has been doing this for quite some time now, and he had to get some expert knowledge. And the first thing Josh said was, well, you know, if you're wanting to be one, you should have one (laughs) so you can figure out how the system works. And he's like, that's a great idea. But that's not like something he thought about. He was just like, well, I can just go be a life coach and it'll be fine. Oh, yeah, I should probably have a life coach. (laughs) So just small little things like that. If there's something that you are interested in, go find someone who else someone else who has that interest too. Absolutely. Like and it's um, like you said reaching out to somebody who has that. You don't have to have uh, you know a direct social connection with somebody to reach out to them to start to learn from them. Some people share a lot on social media which you can learn from, but even if they do, if you like send people an email or direct message people and if they are a good genuine person, most of the time they're either going to give you some advice or point you in the direction of a, a way for you to find a strategy to help you in that area of life. Yes, definitely. Yeah, but it's hard to reach out. <clears throat> it is scary to hit send oh, yeah. on that type of stuff. Do you, when I was sending my email to that guy, mm-hmm. I had typed up my whole thing, 
And you read it like 17 times. I didn't actually because I've gotten over that. I used okay. to. I used to be that person that would read it a million times and make sure it was perfect and make sure it was exactly the way I wanted it to be. But now that I've been stepping out of my comfort zone more recently, I actually I don't do that anymore because I'm basically like, well, if I write it, then that's what I meant when I wrote it. And that's how I should send it because that's how I would say it if I was in person. Yep. And the only thing I check now is I'll re- I will write it and then I will reread it just to make sure I don't have any typos or spelling errors. But that's about but it. But we're human. <laughs> yeah, but that's about it. And I don't like try to change the way I was saying things. But after I read it that second time, it did run through my mind like maybe I should read it one more time. And then I was like, no. no. And then I hit send. send. Like I didn't even think twice about it. And we actually have, I wouldn't say it's a rule, but it's kind of like a rule of thumb for us where if you want to do something, you say three, two, one, and you just do it. Yep. Like five, don't, four, three, two, one, blast off. Don't think about it. You do just, it. <laughs> so that's what I did is I, I typed my name and I said, okay, three, two, one, send. Like didn't yep. even want to think about it. Cause I was like, this is scary. But if I think about it too yeah. much, I'm going to back out. I'm not going to do it. Yes. I would say that those moments in our life are the most exciting, mm-hmm. right? Whenever you get an idea, it sparks. And you're just like, oh, I should do this. If yep. you don't take action right away, you're going to discourage yourself from doing anything in the future. But yep. when you do take action on that stuff immediately, you just feel this fire light inside of you. Uh-huh. It's just like, oh, feel yes, alive. I love life. You are alive. Yes. That's how we were when we were going, checking out spaces that one day. We were just like, oh, my God, we got to go. Like, right now. Oh, we have to be here. Don't care. Let's go. We were checking out what? Spaces for another place. Oh, yeah. But even yesterday, I yep. could compare that scenario to something that happened yesterday after the seminar the plan was we were supposed to leave right away because we all had to get home shower get ready get stuff ready for the barbecue and the seminar ended and denise who's a purple belt female who i don't get to see very often who like if there's a higher female belt in the room you probably want to spend at least me i want to spend time with them because i want to roll with them and get better Mm -hmm. But, like I said, can't wait for you guys to have that women-only class. It's yes. going to be fantastic. And I know, like, I was like, oh, but I got to go. But she came up to me, and she's like, "You can we roll? Like, do you want to roll? Because I never get to see her. So when we get to roll, like, we we take that. And I was like, I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, I have to go. Like, I really have to go. And then I looked at Master's Hour. I was talking, and I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's mm-hmm. do it. I was, and that was like a five, four, three, two, one for me. Like, I could have easily yep. went and gotten my clothes on. And started getting ready to head out and like getting Master Sour to go, but I was just like, screw it. Like I need, I want to roll. Let's yep. roll. That happens to me every time, until you're like, Nick, we gotta go home, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but that was something else. Like going back to my list and my organization that didn't, that didn't plan, that wasn't planned. I planned on leaving right away. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan on staying and rolling. Right. And I ended up rolling for like 20 minutes, and I felt great afterwards. Oh my god. <laughs> so therapeutic mm-hmm. and then i texted maria because i told her i was gonna be home by 5 30 and i texted her at six and i was like we're just now leaving sorry <laughs> <laughs> fantastic but yeah you have anything else to say the lineage is great study the lineage a little bit learn why you're doing the things that you're doing whether you're part of the gracie curriculum or not i think you should figure out why you're doing jujitsu and what sparks your fire about it yeah, that's a good idea. I don't know why I do jujitsu. I hate it. It's terrible. It's awful for you. It makes your knees crackle. Yeah. <laughs> What's up with that? The funniest meme I've ever seen about jujitsu was it's really hard to convince my friends to come train with me whenever I because whenever I bend down, it sounds like everything is breaking. <laughs> yes, like a uh, snap, crackle, and pop live in my knees. Yes, and that came from a brown belt. So. Oh yeah, <sighs> it's crazy, but it's it's so good, it's so awesome. It's really great, but yeah, we had a really fantastic weekend, even with all the uh, crap that went the, down this week. Yeah, the troubles we experienced this week. But I think that's an important lesson in life. Um, and it's funny, this is probably the way to end it, right? But we were watching First They Killed My Father on hmm. Netflix, yeah. and I shouldn't say it's funny because it's not a funny situation. Ironic. I would say it's ironic. It's very ironic, yes. Um, but that movie is about Vietnamese um, the Vietnam camps. War. Yeah. From, I don't remember the... 60s, 62, Ang- I think. Angkor, whatever they were called. Yeah. The group, the communist group that was trying to take over Vietnam or whatever. 
But, uh, I mean, these Vietnamese people were captured, put in the camps, and then they were forced to do manual labor and barely fed anything. And they had to build their own homes, and they were probably living in some of the worst conditions that you can live in. And I had told Brittany last week, I was like, after watching this movie, we can never complain about anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then this happened this week to put us probably in Vietnam heat, and we're like, we put can't complain. Put us in check. It really put us in check. <laughs> And it was the universe telling us, do you really want to not complain? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, we can't complain, Brittany. Yeah. And it she made, was like, I know. It made us <laughs> very grateful. Yes. But if you want a tearjerker movie, go watch First he Kill- First They Killed My Father on Netflix. Yeah, it's... directed by Angelina Jolie. Very powerful movie. Yeah. I think I cried nine times. <laughs> yeah. It lot. was insane. Right. But the the lesson there is... You can always find something to be grateful for mm-hmm. in the face of any adversity. The life could be worse until you're dead. And then life, I don't think it can get any worse yep. for you. <laughs> but if you are not dead, you can take another step in life and you can make wondrous things happen as long as you stick to it. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for watching, guys. Thanks for yeah. listening. Good old episode 20. Yes. Um, all about Master Sour. And life. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Drop us a subscribe, like, comment, all that good stuff. Share with your friends. Yes. Love you all.